Welcome to On the Edge with Liza Pullman. On the Edge explores the frontier of human potential. What really is possible? Experts in medicine, business, science, and belief systems divulge methods and pathways to productivity, profitability, well-being, freedom, and happiness. Now, here's your host, Liza Pullman. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today on The Edge, I am grateful to have Amy Jindra. Amy is a powerful Tantra teacher, sacred sexuality coach, author, and musician. Passionate about sharing sacred sexuality and the healing it brings through Tantra, Amy takes great pride helping create a world without shame and guilt, especially around sexuality in our bodies, so that everyone can live a fully expressed and vivid life. Her mission is to build a platform of sexual health and education programs, bring awareness to sexual trauma and the power of Tantra to heal. Through her 5013C, The Magic of Psalm, Amy is shedding light on sexual education and the power it can bring to end sexual violence and sex trafficking. First and most importantly, happy birthday! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, what an honor to have you on your birthday on the show. I thought it would be a nice gift to myself. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> well, we will make sure that this is fun. Amy, for many, the perception of Tantra is heightened sexual experiences. And while this is true, there is much more to Tantra than profound orgasms and deep sexual connection. Listeners, do you want to know how to harness your energy for greatness? Do you want access to a tool that would heal your inner wounds? Amy, is that too powerful of a promise? It sounds like it, but it's not. It's really not. So what is Tantra about? The path of Tantra that I follow is the left-handed path, the goddess path. And I'll give you a little explanation of an overview of Tantra and then specifically what I teach and what I follow. So Tantra is any path of quote-unquote enlightenment or anything that connects you to a higher power, whether that be religion, whether that be yoga, meditation, um, any path that you take, it's really connecting you to something bigger than yourself. Um, what I love about Tantra is that a lot of practices I find use your mind, use your energy or your body, but Tantra blends it in a way where it's your mind-body-spirit connection, and it's really so necessary in the world that we live today. So when we're looking at our overall health, we're looking at what thought patterns do I have? What emotions do I keep hitting up against that maybe aren't in real time? And then at the same time, there's usually a symptom of that in our body. So once we marry that and we're just like, wait, what is this thought? What is this emotion? Where is my energy going? Where is my focus going? And how that correlates to your body, you realize that it's all the same and you learn to listen to yourself on a deeper level. 
And when we do that, it starts to remove the shame and the guilt um, that we that are ingrained in us as children, little things that we pick up and we keep in our little bodies. And so even though it's an ancient practice of 6,000 years, this is something that's so applicable today because we're walking around with depression, anxiety, um, all kinds of symptoms that are passed down in our DNA that are just some of them are learned behaviors of, well, we don't know how else to react, especially when our parents and our grandparents were maybe from the Vietnam War or the Great Depression or have these great tragedies in their life and they had to adapt and survive. And then now we don't really have to survive anymore, but we don't know how to fully live. And Tantra is a great bridge to that. You know, what I love about Tantra is the physicalness of it, the physicality of really connecting to your body. Mm -hmm. How did it become so focused on the sexual experience? In a few different ways. So it doesn't exclude sexuality necessarily. And I find that it's such a needed conversation to have. Contextually, um, there are temples that are dedicated to the Kama Sutra or to goddess worship that are very sexual. But Tantra as a whole just means marrying your mind-body spirit and seeing that everything is connected. And when we really get down to the energetics of it, our sexual energy is the most powerful energy that's in our body. It's that energy that creates life. It's the energy that animates any living thing. Even a flower or a plant has this Shakti or sexual energy. And once we ignite that, um, then it really bleeds into all aspects of our life. But sometimes we have to go back to the basics of how do you get yourself turned on? How do you start to move that energy? And you'll find within Tantra, it starts with yourself and you learn basically how to ignite this energy in your body. And it's blissful energy. It's orgasmic energy, but it's also healing energy. And whenever we ignite that in ourselves and find our own energy and find that movement, then it extends in two different ways. We extend it to a partner and we can share in almost a meditative experience of this bliss and ecstasy. And then we share it with the world and with any living objects. We're sharing energy. We're moving in the world connected and more present and more blissful. And think of an orgasm. You, um, you, your mind is nowhere else except in that moment. It's the most present and less ego driven you will ever be except in orgasm. It's the most, it's the ultimate meditation. So it's taking that meditation of an orgasm, reframing what that orgasm actually is and letting you live a life of these moments of this practice of being more mindful, being more present, being more blissful. So it's almost like, tapping into this orgasmic energy outside of sexual experiences. Exactly. It makes sex amazing. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the goal. The goal isn't just good sex. It's a good life. So let's go a little bit more into the Shakti energy. Like, Mm -hmm. Can you explain it a little bit more? Like, How would someone be able to connect to this if they had no knowledge of Tantra and they were trying to connect to it outside of their sexual experience? 
Sure. Well, and that's actually the basis of my teaching. So if you come to one of my classes, if we start in a coaching program, that's what I do is ignite that Shakti energy without a sexual experience. And how I do that, we're actually going to do a really powerful exercise at the end um, where you get to have that experience. Tantra is really wonderful because I can sit here and throw out terminologies and ideologies all day, but without the experience and the feeling of it, it's really not Tantra because it's like weaving in out of your left and right brain. If you're completely in your left brain and analyzing it, you're missing out on the experience and the actual healing of it. So we'll, we will have an experience of that. Um, but to put it into words, Shakti is our feminine energy. And it doesn't mean that, and men and women have this energy. It doesn't make you girly. It doesn't make you more effeminate if you're a man or a woman. What I'm speaking of in terms of masculine and feminine, Shakti is creative energy. It's healing energy. It's um, passion. It's that charisma that runs through us. So say if you've met somebody before and you're like, they have so much charisma you're like, what is it about them? They're magnetized. I'm drawn to them. Their words hold a lot of power. Their presence is just booming in the room. That's Shakti. Mm. And some people are born with a lot of it. Some people have to cultivate it. But it is available to everyone. And through this practice, and it's not everybody's path, you can also get these, get this kind of healing and kind of empowerment through Qigong, through yoga. Some people, even I grew up um, as a Jehovah's Witness, and then I ended up as a non-denominational preacher. And we were very charismatic with um, some of the ways that we sang and we clapped our hands and our praise and worship in a Bible Belt charismatic church. We were igniting Shakti. And um, it's really funny how these techniques translate over into different ideologies. But it's really about cultivating that energy that's already inside of you and learning how to harness it. And we all know people who walk into a space and everyone just stops and looks at them. And whether they're aware that it's their Shakti energy or not aware, they've certainly learned how to use it for their for to make a difference in the world to draw people to them to draw people to their words absolutely and i want to really shed some light on that because even the wording that you use is people use this energy and i'm really working hard on changing that dynamic of the whole adam and eve dynamic of the the Madonna whore complex of if a woman is fully embodied and if she is sexy and she is charismatic, sometimes we get into that mode of thinking, oh, she's using her sexuality as a weapon or as a tool and it's manipulative, where this is just a state of being and getting more towards your natural state of being. And when we're able to be present and vulnerable and powerful in that way, people are then really drawn to us because it's more of who we really are. And, well, and men, yeah. men have been able to use that as well for the same purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But it is women do get a bad rap for that. You know, whether they're, you know, labeled in some derogatory way, when women fully step into their sexual power, it can be very overwhelming, not just to other men, but to other women who have not stepped into their own power. 
it's confronting because honestly, whenever, you know, we hear about the cattiness of women and even the competitiveness of men, um, whenever someone intimidates us in that way, it's really us looking at them and going, ooh, they're shining a light on how I haven't really been working on myself or stepped up into my power. And it can, it's confronting because it's really shedding a light on weight. What am I not giving myself? Where am I not stepping up? And so that's whenever people are very reactive and throw shame around or that's even the type of mentality behind sexual violence and sexual abuse. Right. So not using your sense of fear or your lack of power as a, as a reason to go against someone or to judge them or to attack them instead as a message to yourself to step into your own power, to find a way to really harness your own energy and know that everyone has this inside of them, this ability to walk into a room and shed light, you know, be a beacon. Absolutely. And really all I just do is create a container for that and, it is the most beautiful thing when I see people feel themselves and start to shed these layers and these labels that they've been carrying for so long. And you see that spark in their eye and, and it's good. It's so good. And it's so beautiful to witness someone waking up to their own power. And going back to, you know, our original theme, when people have lost their power, it's mm-hmm. often a result of trauma or neglect or abandonment or abuse or, as you said, something that happens in childhood. Correct. Yeah. And, and what happens to them? What happens to this energy? What happens in their bodies? So a few different ways that this shows up. Um, if We'll use one example of sexual abuse. So if someone is sexually abused, normally... Um, Every case is different, but say if it's during their formidable years and they were a young child, they were abused, um, you either react in two ways. You become hyposexual, where you completely tamper your sexual energy, you hide, um, you completely cut yourself off from that because you've been taught that it's not safe and your brain goes into a fear mode when it comes to your sexuality. And when people who are hyposexual, a lot of times um, there's a lot of anxiety or depression because if you ever want to have sex or be intimate with somebody or if you need to tap into that energy, it's giving you anxiety because your brain is going, it's not safe, it's not safe, it's not safe. And it's really hell because we're all sexual beings and we have this energy already in us, but there's a programming then in your brain a wiring that says it's not safe to do that. And then the other spectrum is hypersexual where people go into overdrive and you just feel their sexual energy all over the place. And most of the time these people lose value for themselves, have lower self-esteem, think that their body is just an object and almost tune out during sex and disconnect but are having lots of experiences and have a flood of that energy. And both of these, neither one is good. Neither one is bad. It's just an imbalance of their systems and their energy and their body and their mind. And most of the time people don't realize, I know I didn't, how imbalanced, how far off I was from who I really am 
until I started to unravel these layers and unravel my reactions um, to sex, to intimacy, to even sometimes my creativity scared me and I would tamper that. So getting back into that balance really shows you what life could be. And a lot of times we just shut down around sexual trauma and abuse because it's something that people really don't have answers for. And yes, there's the psychology behind it. And yes, there's um, maybe body work. And yes, there's different practices. What I love about Tantra is that you can still have these practices to balance you, whether that's psychotherapy, whether that is fitness, whether that is energetic work. It looks at all of those areas as a holistic, complete package. And then that way, you're building a life and every day you get to make a choice for something different. You're not higher hardwired into that trauma. You're not continuously reacting because you had abuse and that's just your life now. It's a new way. It's a new choice and it's a new freedom every day. And you're literally rewiring your brain patterns where some days you thought you would never be able to say have a cervical orgasm, which is like the pinnacle of orgasms because it takes love and trust and time. And a lot of people just say, oh, that's not for me then. And when they're having sex, they either detach or they get anxiety, they get fear, whatever comes up for them. Or maybe they need alcohol to relax and feel comfortable, whatever that is. Um, but through Tantra, it's giving you these glimpses of space in between that fear and in between the moment of what do you really want? What's happening in this moment? And what are you reacting to in the past? And just making those little choices and moving in the direction of what you really want. And I think at the end of the day, everybody wants love. They want connection and passion and a great career and they want to be healthy and fit. I think these are all things that are just universal. Amy, this is so powerful. We need to take a short break. Mm -hmm. I've been speaking with Tantra Healer and author Amy Jindra about the power of Tantra. We will be back in a few minutes. Welcome back to On the Edge. Here's Liza Pullman. Welcome back. In this hour, Amy Jindra is sharing her powerful healing work with Tantra. Let's learn more about Amy and her work. Amy, we ended with you talking about the hypo and hypersexual responses to trauma in childhood. And almost everyone I know has somehow been affected by sexual trauma, either personally, a parent, a sibling, a partner, a friend, a child. Sexual trauma is so prevalent in our culture, yet so much shame and guilt surround it. It remains a taboo topic. What do you find to be true? I find to be true is that the world needs a sexual healing. And these words we may throw around, but when we really sit back and look at our bodies and the natural state of our, the way that we move and the way that we interact, the way that we create life and how we even came to this world. I mean, everybody comes from sex, 
but it's so weird to talk about. And people are like, wow, you're so brave. And I'm like, I'm so brave. I was like, no, this is, this should be normal. This is what my body does. This is what your body does, you know. And um, I really want to make that normal because I really do think that once we know more about our body, once we have sexual education that's not just fear-based and kind of uncomfortable and pushed away, then the no, the more we know ourselves, the more powerful we feel. And in these moments of power, we're able to have compassion. We're able to move from love. And I know that that sounds really flowery, but when you think about the other side of it, it's people who don't feel powerful that are disempowered, that lose their voice, that lose these choices and are weighed down by moments of fear and moments of not feeling enough, that's when sexual violence occurs. That's when abuse occurs. That's when things as devastating as trafficking and genital mutilation occur. And we've come so far in this world where we're like, okay, genital mutilation is bad. But then as a woman, I'm not allowed to show my body or talk about my body or just be comfortable in it without some sort of eyebrow raising. So I really want to create that world where it's normal and we don't actually have to overemphasize sex as the way that we do. And I think it's really funny because in a lot of my work, people are like, yeah, yeah, sex sells. And I'm like, can you really think about it? Why does sex sell? It's something so normal. Why does sex sell? And it's because we never know enough. And we're always looking for that missing piece. And if you can sell me a product that's going to give me more of that piece of who I am, then I'm going to buy it. And it's just an overall depletion of knowledge and of permission and of power behind that. And it's not just women. I think men have men have it worse than women when it comes to sexual abuse and shame. Well, because there's so much pressure on men to be a certain way based on how they're projected in the media. And, you know, sex is glorified in a strange way through, um, through you know, um, pornography and um, everything that we see on the Internet. There's just a complete misnomer as to what sexual intimacy and the energy around sex really is. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and we have so much to talk about. I want to share, and I want you to share, actually, if you have it with you, is you have this amazing blog that you wrote. I, I'm not sure you blog anymore because I know that you're um, writing books around this. But you have so many posts that are so powerful. And there's one that that I believe is really perfect for this moment where we are in the show. Um, it's one that you did in August um, of 2017. Mm-hmm. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, I have it, actually. Oh, good. <laughs> Can you read that for our listeners? Sure. It says, um, I'm ready. I'm ready to live in a world where sex is a natural healing experience. Ready to live in a world of people living in their full power, seeing the future, creating it, never clinching, not blocked by shame, guilt, or judgment. Tantra helped me unlock my power, my divine sexuality, and my voice. I love that. 
It's really so powerful. How did Tantra do that for you? I was a, a very beautiful child in a very strict and regimented world. So whenever I was really young, I probably fully developed by the age of 12. I have the same body as I do now. I probably look the same as I do when I was 12. And I was shunned. I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. And so I was constantly getting in trouble. They were like, you walk too sexy. Your clothes are too tight. And it's just like, I'm a, I'm just a kid. I have no idea what's going on. And so at this point, I was already taking on of like, you're wrong. There's something wrong with you. Holding that shame. Maybe thinking that I'm doing things wrong. So whenever I actually had sexual abuse, I was already believing that I was wrong. So I didn't have anybody to talk to. I knew they were going to blame me. And in the circumstances, unfortunately, they did blame me. And I did get in a lot of trouble for it. And even though I was I was a young kid, I was 12. So that carried on into my adult life, even though I had glimpses of like, oh, it's not my fault. I know this. But in my little 12-year-old brain, it was locked in that there's something wrong with me and it's my fault. And so what that looked like as an adult is I was constantly trying to people please. I was constantly making sure I wasn't too sexy. I was trying to prove to the world, hey, I'm valuable. Look how smart I am. And I overemphasized intelligence and constantly was reading and learning and pushing how smart I am to find that value and to prove to people how valuable I am, which it's exhausting and it's just inauthentic. And I was really depressed and my anxiety was through the roof. I, everything scared me. I was terrified of everything. And I, especially coming from a small town and then moving to Dallas, which I was living when it really hit the pinnacle of, I started studying Tantra again, which I found in Bible college back when I was like 20. Um, but I kind of let it go because I was like, no, this is wrong. I need to need to be a good woman and mild and meek and quiet. And for me, going from that place of disempowerment where I couldn't relate to people because I couldn't relate to myself was really lonely and isolating. And when I really opened up to Tantra again um, later in my life and I just started reading about it, and I was just like, oh, okay, I'm not bad because I'm not practicing it, but I'm reading about it, and I was still holding on to those stories of I'm bad, this is wrong, this is taboo, and then I started having experiences in my body, kundalini experiences, quote-unquote, or awakenings in my body and really feeling my body, but I didn't have a rhyme or reason to it. I would just have these moments of bliss or these moments of clarity where I could see through that fog. And then um, I ended up coming to New York, meeting my Tantra teacher, studying Tantra, and then it rocking my world, where now I hold no shame or guilt, and I'm able to hold large groups of people and really create that space of shedding those layers that I had to shed for myself. And along the journey, all the tools that I learned, I'm just putting them in the toolbox of, like, can this help other people? How can this help help other people? And seeing myself in almost everyone that I meet because we live in a world where it's not okay. It's not okay to be sexual. It's not okay to be powerful because then you're not falling in line or 
you're going against the norm or your life is going to be hard, whatever old stories we hold on to. Just the statement that Tantra offers a pathway to no shame or guilt is so incredibly powerful. I can't even imagine how many listeners that must resonate with. And I actually have some statistics on sexual violence. RAIN, which is R-A-I-N-N dot org, is the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization. And their data shows that every 98 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted and every eight minutes, it's a child. One of every six American women has been a victim of sexual violence and men and boys are also victim with one of 10 assaults being men. And we know that the numbers are actually way higher. Yeah, that's people aren't reporting them. Right. Yeah. People often feel shame and guilt and don't even want to admit on a survey that they've experienced something like this. But you and I both know from our own personal experiences and people who we interact with in the world that the numbers are tragically enormous. Mm-hmm. And it transcends demographics. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a race. It's not a class system. It's not economics. It's not geography. It's global. And you do work out in the world. And I'm curious um, about your work in the world and which groups have been most receptive to that work. Sure. I, I will say people are hungry for this work. And there's not a specific group that respond better or I I have such a diverse collection of clients and I pride myself in that because it's like this work is for everyone and I really try to meet people where they're at. So this, um, this summer, especially I had um, a program running in a state institution in the Bronx and for six weeks and a little further after I went back a couple of times and to work with these women, it was, um, what was used to be called a halfway house, it's now a transitional shelter, according to the state. So these women are coming out of prison. They're coming off the streets from homelessness. They are coming off of drugs and rehab. And so they're really in a state of disempowerment, of numbness, of not being able to do anything but survive. And going into these into these situations with these women and really just giving them a moment to breathe and to reconnect with their feminine power and to give them a choice and really sitting with these women over time and seeing huge results. And sometimes, you know, I have to go in with no expectations. All I have, I can do is give them the tools and be on my way. I can't expect people to always choose what I want them to choose, but the things that I saw were incredible. People were waking up. And a lot of the things that I noticed were the four food food habits whenever I got there, Um, the lack of energy to even move their body or exercise or even enjoy life. It was like all these women were constantly trying to escape. They didn't know how to just sit and be. And giving them these moments, and then whenever we started things like meditation and breath work and yoga together, um, they would come to me and be like, you know what? 
this week, this is what I ate, this is what I'm cutting out of my diet, I got this new job, I'm going to send my resume out to this company that I don't think will hire me, but I'm going to try anyways. And just the shifts that I saw in such a short amount of time with these women, like, it's incredible. And yeah, that's an extreme case, but aren't we all in an extreme case? And especially in America right now, I feel like everybody is looking for a how and looking for a path. And Tantra is just one of those paths, but it's one that acknowledges these gaps that we have. But it is an incredibly powerful path. I've tried many, many modalities and some I practice and others weren't right for me. But I don't know a person that does not benefit from Tantra long term. And even the concept of knowing that you have a right to a joyful life and knowing that you can tap into this well of energy that is so powerful that it allows you to really live a completely different life. Yeah, I'm, I love it. I'm like tearing up over here listening to you talk about Tantra. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, it is. So. I, you know, there are groups that are less receptive to this, and I want to just explore that a little bit because I believe that people are listening out there and that if they're part of groups or organizations that have been less receptive to this, that there's a possibility they can bring this into their environments. Yeah, well, and even in corporate situations where – you know, there's HR departments and there are rules and there's etiquette and address code and things like that. Um, I could come, I've come in and just done what we call team building where it's not sexual. It's not necessary. There's no touching. There's no, we don't really get into the sacred sexuality parts, but we build a foundation on this energy of how to be present, how to use your voice, how to feel powerful in a corporate environment, how to really find your own rhythms that you don't get lost. So even in that situation where I was intimidated going in a couple of times, especially when I first started teaching and I was like, wait, you want me to go into an office and teach Tantra? I was like, how does this work? And I was like, wait, look at their everyday life. Where where does this tie in? And there's always a tie in. And what about men? Right. Because I know that a lot of women do this work. But when I'm in any type of tantric workshop, whether it's sexually oriented or not sexually oriented, there are men eager to know this information. And Mm -hmm. I know that men suffer from sexual trauma and abuse, even if it's their wives having experienced that, their sisters, their mothers, their daughters, their sons. I'm curious how this, what you're seeing with men. Sure. So to address the teachers, um, a lot of these, a lot of teachers are women, um, because Shakti is ignited by a woman, to be honest. I mean, you can, of course, every man has this energy as well, but it's our natural nature as a woman to want to heal, to want to nurture, and to caress that ignition in other people. Um, and men too. I have found a couple of Tantra teachers that I really resonate with as men, but women are really drawn to this work. And what I love about women is when we heal in our bodies, we can't shut up about it and we need to go help other people do it. And then with men, I found even 
when I first started, I was like, I don't work with men. No, 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 no. And I almost felt victimized whenever a man approached me for Tantra. And my initial reaction was, I'm just a hot girl. You saw that I talk about orgasms and sexual energy. You just want something from me. And I had to change that script. I had to, in myself, really look into situations and go, wait, is that what this is? Because I do get a lot of emails that are far off from my work. And I had to really open up my heart and my compassion of this is my brother, this is my father, this is my friend. And sometimes men come to me and it's for very um, – and they're timid. They're scared. They're looking for a safe place. So they really don't let their walls in until I completely accept them wherever they're at. So it took work on both sides because there's so much stigma around masculinity and around violence and around um, women being objectified for men where it's almost like, well, you're just a man. You know, what do you want? I know what you want. And having to have that compassion and go deeper and go, even if he comes to me and says something that makes me a little uncomfortable or maybe he pushes my limits of what I'm comfortable with. I'm an adult. I make the rules. I make the boundaries. I'm the coach. I am the teacher. And they're here because they need something. And I had to reframe that. And once I was able to show up in a more compassionate way for men, they let their guards down and really just reflecting my energy back to me and were able to open further. So a lot of men who work with me, Initially, they're just like, yeah, um, they have these issues of erectile dysfunction, or maybe they want to last longer, or maybe they want to learn the techniques of multiple orgasm. But when it comes down to the heart of it, they were shamed, or there was a situation where they were hurt, or maybe they were abused. And there's not a safe space that I found for men to really get naked, not physically naked, but just emotionally naked. And put their guard down. And I'm working really hard to create that. And I have a partner now who we're working on some programs for men and women to work together without it being hypersexual or uncomfortable, but a really safe place to heal for both men and women. And in that, it's now that I've put my ego aside, put my fears aside. Working with men is so rewarding because I hear all the time now women are rising up together and they have these beautiful communities. And women even without these communities can get together and say, you know what? I've had sexual abuse. I'm still beautiful. I'm still powerful. And there's not a lot of men doing that. And we know the numbers are there. We know that they're suffering. But there's not a safe space for a man, especially a heterosexual man, because there's a lot of stigma on, well, if you were abused, you're probably gay. And for a man to stand up and go, you know what? I've had abuse. I'm still powerful. I'm still sexy. I've never heard that. And I want to create that. Men, stand up and listen. We need to take a short break. When we return, Amy will take you through a tantric activity to connect deeply with your physical body. We'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to On the Edge with Liza Pullman. 
on TalkZone.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Welcome back. In this hour, Amy Jindra has been sharing her incredibly powerful healing work with Tantra. Before Amy leads us through an activity, I want her to share a few other of her powerful tools that have paved the path for her breakthrough and transformation. Um, Amy, I want to start with another blog post. This one from July 5th of 2016. Okay. Ah, so this one... Um Specifically, I was going through a time of shedding and rebirthing myself and letting go of who I thought I was. So just to give us some context, um, this one says, I'm not a caregiver, daughter or victim. I'm not a boss, fighter or party girl. I'm not the artsy girl. I'm not an intellectual, nerd or servant. When they all go away, that is me. Hmm. Where were you in your personal development when you wrote that? I thought I was good, but looking back now at 2016, I was like, oh, girl, it's just going to get deeper. I was really just scratching the surface of love, of loving myself, of loving other people. I knew at that time that I had released so much shame and guilt where years I wasn't able to orgasm or even be intimate with a partner. And having that huge shift, I was like, I've got to share this with the world. But continuously, and it's a practice. I mean, I still have my daily practice that I have to return to to keep myself on track. Um, But in that moment, it was really just beginning to let go. And I think constantly we're going to be shedding and moving into new forms of ourselves. And that's the beauty of not only Tantra, but of life. And Tantra gives you space to do that unapologetically. I found when I really can speak my truth and say, you know what? Like, for instance, I was an architect. I loved being an architect. I was really good at it. And then I was like, it's not for me anymore. I'm now teaching Tantra. And this is, this is me. This is okay. This is good. And that's about really listening to your internal voice, which, you know, that, that takes time to not only identify the voice, but then giving it space to speak. And often what gets in the way are all these roles, you know, the caregiver, the daughter, the victim, the, the architect, the intellectual, the nerd. And, you know, how did you how did you tap into that voice? How did you rise above these roles? Well, to be honest, um, Tantra works really quickly in that to slough off the bullshit. And it's you making a choice after that moment. Am I going to go back to my old ways or am I going to move forward? So in Tantra, you're constantly being presented with your own voice, and which I love about it. You can have a huge breakthrough without doing it for very long or having much experience at all. And really my tool for separating from these labels that I put on myself and that I cling to for safety and comfort and identification or even value of myself. um, It was really the practice of Tantra and of meditation that let me release that, release that fear, release that 
worry that I have to fit into something to be loved. And it's so true. And so much of that comes from our conditioning, which comes up in many of the shows, you know, our family conditioning, our school conditioning, our cultural conditioning, our religious conditioning, and something that we both share in common, which allowed us, I believe, individually to kind of amplify this was travel. Mm hmm. And I want, I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about what travel has done for you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a small town girl in Texas. I was terrified of the outside world because I didn't know it. And I rem- had a really, you know, I took some trips as an adult, but never really explored by myself. And at the height of my rebirth as this Amy, I just hopped on a plane to Paris. I was really desperate. I was exhausted. I had nothing else to give the world. I was so confused. And it was a really rough year for me. And I just hops on a plane to Paris. I didn't know the language. I didn't know what I was going to do there. I didn't really know where I was going to stay. And I hopped on a plane and in all the chaos of what my life was in when I got off that plane. And it took me a couple of days to realize that this isn't my culture. These people don't expect anything of me. And then you really find who you are and what makes you happy because nobody else cares. And it's beautiful. It is so beautiful when nobody else cares what you do. And your value is, and are you happy? What do you do for yourself today? Are you beaming? Are you feeling good? And if you're not, nobody cares. So travel really gives you that instant perspective because there's nobody expecting anything of you. There's not these moments of you need to act right because you really don't know how to act right. So you just know how to be yourself. And then whenever you're able to connect with another person being yourself, It's really, really powerful. And that's what shifted a lot of my perspective and how I move in the world is just plopping into different cultures and different continents and different countries where I know nothing. All I know is me. Well, and that the culture and the conditioning of where you go is completely different. Mm -hmm. So, you know, suddenly you're faced with a group of people that don't recognize everything you believe to be true of yourself. And so then you have to ask yourself, okay, what is true about me? And you also have lots of downtime to actually think about that. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Especially traveling alone. Yeah. Traveling alone, which required that you push through, I would imagine some fear and anxiety like we all have to do when we take enormous leaps like that. Yeah. So I want to give plenty of time for this activity that you're going to share with listeners that exposes them to Tantra and the power of tapping into this energy within themselves. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to turn that over to you. Thank you. So because this is just through sound in my voice and you're not seeing what I'm doing, I'm asking that you use your imagination a little and work with me. Um, if you're in an office right now, you may want to come back to this radio show and do this at home when you have some space and some time because we're going to use our voice and we're going to use our body. But I promise you this is 
one of the most powerful and simplest tools to shift and see immediate changes in your body and your thoughts and your emotions and your energy. And on a physical level, you're actually creating more serotonin in your body just by doing three minutes of the breath that I'm about to teach you. So you're having an instant shot of what, like an espresso without the come down of caffeine. It's already in your body. So with this, I just ask if you're sitting or standing that you just feel really solid on the ground, that your spine is straight. And just, I'm going to do this with you. I'm going to use my voice. Um, on your inhale, your arms come up like a goalpost and have this power pose like a Y, like you're just standing in victory. And with your hands, your, your hands start open on your inhale. Exhale, make a fist pulling into your body. So your hands actually pull in to your rib cage and your elbows start to touch your rib cage on the exhale. And it's a quick motion, but inhale, your hands are up like a goalpost or a Y. Hands open. Start to clench your fist as you pull into your body. And when you get that point where your elbows are against your ribs, we're going to make a noise. We're going to make a loud noise. We're going to make a ha. And it's very primal and it's very out of our comfort zones normally. Where, especially if you're in an office right now, or maybe you have neighbors, you're just like, okay, this may be a little uncomfortable. But I ask that you try it because you're going to see instant change. So we're only going to do this for three minutes. So inhale, your arms come up. Exhale, pull into your body. Ha! 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 Close your eyes if you need to. Pull the energy into your body with your hands. Really open your voice. expressing anger. Maybe you're expressing joy. Ha 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 
almost there. Your arms may be tired, but you can do it for three minutes. Almost there. up into a Y, spread your fingers out, and notice how different you feel. Maybe you feel lighter and more present in your body. Maybe you feel a raindrop sensation down your hands. So go ahead and lower your arms. And you may notice that if you did the full three minutes, that your mouth tastes different. You may sweat, and your sweat smells a little bit different. That breath for just three minutes, it has so many physical, energetic, and mental effects. It's incredible. I love that breath. It's an instant game changer. So if you find yourself where you feel depressed, you feel low, you feel low energy, this activates your Shakti. It gets serotonin moving through your body. It also increases your blood flow. And it gets your voice out into the room in this power pose where you already feel victorious. So it does so many beautiful things. So thank you so much for for doing that with me and for yelling with me. I really uh, I love that. It, I actually can feel, I could feel the energy pulsing, especially through my arms and my, my whole abdomen, the core of my body. And I'm curious when you hold your arms, you know, to your side with your fists clenched, is your body clenched as well? Your body is open. Um, it's really wherever you're at in that moment, if you focus on your breath, your body is going to relax. Mm. And if it doesn't, it's a practice. Mm. And you just keep showing up for it and keep showing up for it. Amazing. So, Amy, I just want to thank you so much for today, for taking time out of your birthday <laughs> to share yourself with me, with the listeners, to connect people to this incredibly powerful tantric practice. And how can people get in touch with you, get in touch with tantric activities if they desire? Sure. Well, I have my website, choose which is being revamped soon, but it's still going to say choose love.live. And my emails on there, I get emails all around the world, and I love to hear from people. So if there's something that you're curious about or have interest in, I do a lot of free content on Facebook as well. And I will be traveling. I'm moving to China, but I'm also going to be teaching around the world and traveling much more. So I'm going to be doing free events. I'm going to be coaching around the world. And I, I coach virtually as well. 
So if there's something that appealed to you, reach out to me. Well, we can work something out. And then also I have a digital series called The Sexual Self, which is a really juicy, beautiful online program that it, that explores Tantra and sacred sexuality over 12 modules. So that's coming out December 1st. And I want to share with listeners that her videos on her Facebook page cover everything from forgiveness to orgasm. If you didn't know, there's six different types of orgasm for women and seven for men. So that in and of itself should get you to her website, <laughs> sexual trauma and others. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm so honored. Thank you. Happy birthday again. <laughs> Thank you. We've just spent the last hour with the beautiful both inside and out, Amy Jintra and her awe-inspiring work, Healing Trauma, Using Tantra. For more information on Amy and her work, go to ChooseLove.Live or find her on Facebook or on my webpage on TalkZone or www.imaginaconsulting.com. Until next week, choose love. <laughs>